Thanks for tuning in. This is Tyler. What up? This is Zach. This is the No Structure Podcast. No Cool. So uh, here we are, episode 70 of the No Structure Podcast. Uh, this week, we have a special guest with us. If you want to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and give us a little background on on you. My name is Anthony Valdez. I have the brand Urban Aesthetics. Uh, the backstory on that, and I, and I wish I had some kind of like great like story. I mean, I do. Like as a Camacho, we were co-workers when I was like a, a pretty hefty dude. And I uh, just over the years, like, you know, I, yeah, man, like I, dude, I, I see you eating the Brussels sprouts every day, bro. But I'm trying now. <laughs> dude, even then I was like, man, I can't do that diet stuff, exercise, blah, blah. But it, it kind of, I woke up one day and be like, you know what? Like, I don't want to be fat anymore. I don't want to be like that, you know, that big dude. And I kind of like, I lost a bunch of weight. I lost like 75 pounds and I kind of, you know, going to the gym kind of opened my eyes up to kind of that, uh, you know, the gym wear, the gym wear brand. And right. I was kind of, you know, kind of thought to myself, there's this kind of area where I'm kind of like, look, it's cool if I do this type of stuff. And I kind of just wanted to see, you know, really what it takes. I didn't really, honestly, I didn't have any, you know, long-term goal in mind. I didn't have any sort of plan on what I plan to do. I kind of just said, you know what, just try it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, whatever. But just try it to say that you try it because I, I you know that, you know, 99% of the people that say they, they want to do something with their life or they want to, you know, do something on their own that they're kind of passionate about. They kind of just keep it as a side project or they kind of don't really push for it. And they kind of just, it fizzles away and, Years go by and they're just like, nah, I just can't see myself doing it anymore. So I told right. myself, you know what, if, if I could lose a bunch of weight, if I could, you know, kind of change myself in this way, I could do, it, it sounds cliche, but you could do whatever you want. You could, you know, yeah. it, it helps you build that confidence. For sure. Which, which is kind of why I did a fitness brand because, you know, it all ties back to everything, how it changed my life. And I'm sure it's done the same for others. What is the name yeah, of the brand Yeah, I can attest again? to that too. Oh. Uh, urban aesthetics okay yeah what do you know i'll put it on right here so you guys see right there how'd you uh how'd you come up with that name um urban because it's it's my demographic man it's i have definitely seen some brands and i like you know i saw these like gymshark brands these you know alpha i saw these bigger brands and i kind of just it, it's you know, you look at, you know, you look at your clothes and they're a representation of you, you know, everything that you wear, it's because it's what you are about. And those gym wear brands, I was just like, man, I just can't vibe with any of them. I really can't. So I decided like, you know what, I'm going to come up with my own colors, my own kind of scheme of things and kind of go from there. And that's where I kind of felt that it feels a lot better knowing that it's mine. That's real. Right. I mean, and I think it, you go ahead. I was going to say, I think when you started, um, it was kind of during that time period where people were going with like the longer shirt, like the elongated shirts and kind of the more urban look anyways. Right. Cause you've been doing this for how many years now? It's been like two and a half, right? No, one and a half, honestly. Oh, really? It seems longer. So much longer. Cause I mean, but that's because, you know, you've seen the things that I do where I do a lot of behind the scenes. I show everyone what I'm doing. So, you know, everyone that watches everything I do, they feel like it's been like, I've been doing it for years, but it's, I only started it last summer. So it's barely going to be going on two years in June. So it, it's, it hasn't been long, but it's, you know, it's still there. Yeah. Is your clothing company specifically for athletic 
activities or is it kind of like a, uh, everything thing? Everything. That's, that's one of those things where I don't want to do exclusively gym stuff because dude, if you're like me, I literally like my girlfriend's telling me like, you're wearing a hoodie again. It's like, <laughs> I live, I live in my gym clothes. Like mm-hmm. in my, in my zoom calls for work, I'm in my, I'm in my dress shirt, but I'm wearing a pair of basketball shorts under because that's, I live in it. And it was really important for me to have something that they could wear literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. I feel that when you, uh, so you start a clothing brand. Um, I'm assuming like one of the biggest hurdles in the beginning is to like source where you're going to get your product. Do you have like a, actually, I'm not going to ask for like your secrets, but like, what was that process like? And, and I'm more than happy to share that type of stuff, but honestly, it's a lot of trial and error. A lot of it comes down to doing your research and a lot of it and the, the secrets of the trade or what the usual trade is, is you go to your favorite brands, you look at who they follow and chances are whoever they're you know sourcing from or something like that, it's in their followers somewhere. And it works for, you know, it only works so far. So let's say um, I do a lot of wholesaling, but I'm stepping into the cut and sew when cut and sew means you're literally getting what's called a tech pack for a product. I mean, Hey, I want these, uh, this shirt custom made and they're going to take a kind of the measurements, get the everything that I need for the manufacturer, the materials. And I take it overseas or wherever I get it to get it manufactured. And let's say I tell you, yeah, this is my manufacturer. Just because there's so much work put into, you know, designing that one piece. Even if I told you who it was, you wouldn't be able to duplicate it because there was money and time put into designing that one piece. Um, but a lot of what I, I was doing before is a lot of just wholesale, which means you find manufacturers and you kind of just print on it, which is what the majority of people do. And that even with that, it's a lot of, it's a lot of trial and error. And I tell people you, it works. You think one thing is going to work, but it doesn't. I have in the, you know, in the not, not even two years, I have messed up a lot. I've sourced a lot of stuff that I was like, man, this is total shit. I blew through hundreds of dollars. I was like, man, I, it just turns into, you know, a lot of lessons, a lot of kind of understanding of where you're at because you could be super optimistic and think, man, people are going to love this, blah, blah, blah. But it turns out, you know, it's a total flop or something wasn't right. Maybe it was time wrong, but there's a lot of factors that go in to everything that you release. And it's, it's a learning curve. That's, I mean, it's everything you do. I'm sure when you guys first started the podcast, are you guys doing the same exact stuff right now that you were doing before? At the very no, beginning? definitely not. Yeah, not even close. Yeah, not even That's close. Like, we've, we've remixed it like eight times. Yeah. I've remixed this like so many times. And that's what I tell people. You, It's not about getting the best. It's about messing up so many times that where you learn from it each and every single time, it looks so much better. If you, I mean, Camacho, you see my, my clothing band from the beginning, how I was doing it to you know, the stuff that I'm doing now, it's like, it looks like a legit brand now. It looks like 100%. Yeah, dude. And that it's like, even I look back on my old stuff. I'm like, shit, bro. Like, what was I doing? But, but now it's like, but now it's, it's like the number one thing is you got to take those L's. And I tell people like, you're going to mess up a lot. And this is with anything like, dude, you got to be willing to take those L's and just, just keep pushing. How did you know that you wanted to go past just getting a print on something that's already made? because it, you need a differentiator, man. There's so many, like, if you really, if you look at my brand, sorry, I was messing my water, but if you look at my brand, dude, it's literally like it's letters, a logo, the UA and some letters. There's literally 
nothing special about it but it, it's what i do is i take things i do you know a different color scheme like this is like an off white where it's not a white but then i throw something like these like giant long uh, exaggerated draws and just something that like only i can say that i do and that i feel is a a true key differentiator people are like yeah those are those urban aesthetic studies they have hype behind them and it kind of helps whereas you know some people and i've seen it where people have like this really crazy imagination and they could print have some printed designs that look crazy these streetwear brands like i love i love streetwear i love you know everything about it and i love tying that into my brand even if it's a fitness brand but i'm not i don't have that big of imagination on you know graphic design i don't have that big of oh this crazy look that'll have it'll never be me i want i want my stuff to be timeless and that's but that's me that's me so that's kind of it goes into what you want your brand to represent do you use multiple designers for one piece? For example, you have that hoodie that has, um, you know, longer drawstrings yeah. to it. That's all through one person or no. one, one company. No. So I source the product from one person. I source the drawstrings from another. I, I do the prints myself. And so I, even the little, the little hang tags that are on the shirt that has my, yeah, I've seen that. those are, those are from someone else too. And it, it's, it's a lot of a lot of moving parts that go into it that you're, you know, a lot of people think it's, oh, you just have to make sure that hoodie's in stock and it, it's, or in that one particular size where that's me, it's like, no, I, and it actually happened with these hoodies. My manufacturer, uh, because these drawstrings aren't very, you know, usual, aren't very common, it took a little while for my manufacturer to restock them. So when I initially dropped the hoodies, there was like a kind of like a two or three week gray area to where I couldn't even restock them because... I didn't have the drawstrings to go with them. So I kind of, and that was another learning lesson. Like, Hey, make sure you have them on stock. So I bought, I bought, you know, a bunch for this year I bought or for this season. And, you know, I bought enough for, you know, the next season coming to where I know I might have something similar with the hoodies, but I'm going to change it up in a certain way. And it goes into your planning. Like a lot of people think, Oh, I'm planning just my spring releases that's coming because the weather's getting warm. I'm like, no, I'm planning my spring. I'm planning my summer. I'm planning my fall and starting to think about winter. So you're trying to plan for the entire year ahead. How do you, how does your manufacturer know how to put everything where you want it to go? Oh, I do that. I do that. So they, yeah. So like so I you said, actually, you draw the string through the, the holes yeah, and all this stuff. Yeah. 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 On his Instagram, he actually has shown him doing it, like spending a Friday night doing it. I show everyone super transparent with that. That's going to take forever. Yeah. Oh, no, dude. Not with this little thing right here. It's a little like $5 thing on Amazon. That you okay. Buy it. You stick the string, the string through and it like, dude, it's a lot of work though. Like I'm, I'm getting to that point where I might have to start hiring like a, like a, a day-to-day helper, not day-to-day, but kind of getting a big influx of orders in or prepping. That's a, that's a good sign. Dude. And the, for these, pro- these are good problems I have because, you know, a couple weeks ago when I was getting all my, the, my new hoodies, my black hoodies, I just dropped, I was feeding them through. And by the end of the night, like the side of my thumb is all dried out and cracking. Ooh. Like my fingers kind of hurt. I'm like, you can't be doing this forever. Like you're like, you're way too old. You type, you not way too old, but you know, I, I type, I still do a nine to five. So it's kind of like, you know, my fingers are only going to take so much from like, man, I can't do this. So mm-hmm. it's definitely kind of learning. And as I'm growing, learning, it's okay to step back from things that, you know, someone else can do. And, you know, starting out, it's hard because you want to save as much money as you can. You want to run as lean right. as possible. But, you know, once you see yourself gaining momentum, it's like, 
okay, you can breathe a little bit. I can, mm. I used to do all my own branding, like my photography, my videos and all. And I still do for the most part, but now I'm getting to the point where I'm comfortable spending money on, you know, on paid, uh, on paid media, just so I can free up my time to focus on other areas where I know I'm going to be spending better time to, because I don't want to be, you know, editing a video for like a week straight. That's, right. that's not my thing. Like videos are cool. They're like, I like, I like having the imagination to it and I can kind of communicate that to whoever's doing it, but I don't need to sh- sit there and shoot the video and edit it. Like I know that guy, that's, that's his thing. So, but it's hard because at the very beginning, you have to do that stuff. You have to wear all those hats. It's where you go from, you know, some, I, I can't remember who said it, but there's this guy, he's like, this is how you go from just being a brand to just running a brand to being a CEO you can't just start out as a CEO because a CEO only executes. Uh, when you first start out, you're kind of just, you're doing everything. But yep. once you grow into your role as a CEO, you can execute everything to, you know, delegate it to different people. And that's where you kind of see yourself, you know, as, as, a, as a leader for your brand, because you have to be able to take an understanding of what you're not good at, as well as the stuff that you're good at, because um, it, it takes a lot of knowledge to kind of, really see where you're where you're going to thrive and if you don't i see a lot of times before you kind of get lost in the sauce you kind of get overwhelmed you kind of lose track of things and you're kind of like all right i need to take a step back which is kind of almost what happened to me i mean i got i had a kid on the way i was kind of in a career transition so it was definitely covid you know covid hit you know pretty hard but it was definitely one of those where you know, my brand to see it's not only survived, but it's still thriving. It's one of those things where I'm like, shit, like, I'm happy. I, I couldn't be, you know, I couldn't feel any different way about it. Yeah. Let me, oh, I was going to ask real quick about your logo. Um, like, how did you come up with your logo? And also, since it's kind of similar to the Under Armour logo, did you ever have any, like, uh, any doubts as to whether you wanted to use that, even though it is kind of similar? Yeah, no, that's, I'm still going through that to this day. And yes, and I guess I'm worried about it, but the truth is Under Armour's got bigger fish to fry. They, they don't like, it, it was, they, they're not too worried about, you know, small brands like this. Once I'm up there getting up there. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be pretty transparent. I haven't really told anyone about this either. So you guys are kind of like the very first people to know. So it's cool on you guys, but I'm working <laughs> on getting my new brand trade, my new, new logo trademarked. Oh, yeah, but that's that's a whole legal legal process on its own. It's required trademark lawyers. It's required a lot of money. And and it's yeah, like I would have never thought just for a little logo, but it's crazy. But we're going through that process right now. Yeah, Yeah, we've been we've been battling with that over the last several months about trademarks getting sent back and having to revise things. And yeah, we've been we've been having a headache. I think we just got approved. You check we just got a yeah. We just so the thirty day approval window where third people have thirty days to contest it. Um, we're actually at almost the publication date. I think it goes into publication on the twenty third of this month. Okay. Yeah. So we uh yeah we did the same thing. We went through a trademarker and had to you know get a trademark attorney and do all that stuff. And that's nerve wracking. I, I've checked it almost every day. I was like, man, we, you know, we put quite a bit of money into it. So you know, you want to see it. You want to see it go through, and especially that three month period where you have to wait. Yeah, you know so, that that's it, it's frustrating. Yeah, so I put mine in October. So I originally thought, okay, October, three months from then. It turns out that it didn't enter their system till early December. 
Oh, shit. The three month mark didn't start till early December, which means at some point next week, someone's barely going to look at it to even start to get approved. So I'm like, bro. That sucks. I know. And it's one of those where. But you can still use it, though. Yeah, yes, but I'm at that point to where I would rather write it out with my current logo than bank on a logo that might not happen. I'd rather I'd rather keep going with my logo just because it's so well established already. Well, not well established, but I'm really comfortable with it. Right. But at least I can still continue to grow with it while I continue to look for another kind of something else to do. But I've definitely kind of started thinking going down that path of maybe having a complementing design still in the in the realm of having that ua but not really having that i think the key feature to it is an u and then an a and i've had a design in mind that it's something close but i'm really kind of it's it's weighing the option saying okay what if i do a different design with my current urban aesthetics but then i go through a new rebranding anyways i don't want to be kind of seeming like that guy that's kind of wishy-washy changing his designs because that really is never my thing i'm not someone to kind of switch up my designs i'm always taking my design putting it on something new upgrading it somehow doing something else with it and that's kind of my thing it's always taking something and polishing it and making it better and that's where i'm kind of like it's it's a weird time for me just because the trademark thing and i you really don't you don't know hey i got a question for you when it comes to marketing um do you do anything special when it comes to marketing besides a website just word of mouth man just straight up just word of mouth and and it's and that works well for you it it does it does and and i've been thinking about ways of guerrilla marketing tactics and i don't know if you guys went to school and and business school but guerrilla marketing is we're just an unorthodox way of marketing right in this day and age, what happens, how any brand becomes successful is they, the brand has enough, you know, back end support from wherever, like, let's say someone's, you know, pretty well established. So they just started a brand. They could go and like give an entire, you know, inventory away to different influencers and IG celebrities aware, get a review and, and the brand will just blow up because it's getting, you know, it's getting looked at by so many people. Cause I mean, as a brand for me, I take pride in, in quality of my brand. And when I see, and, and I hate to sound you know, like a hater, but I'm like, man, some of these brands kind of suck, but it, it's just that that viral marketing they have of being able to get all these people on it that it doesn't even have to be that good. You just get enough big people on it. People will latch on because people are always, you know, I have to say 90% of people are followers. They'll follow the hype wherever it is and it's kind of mm-hmm. from there. I don't have that system. I'm kind of starting everything from scratch. So I'm like, yo, I'm grinding and I grind and I, you know, I'm putting stuff out. I'm, I'm linking up with people and they help me out with the brand. And I kind of just take it where it is. Is it a slower process? Yeah. But I feel, you know, in my following, I only have like 1800 followers, but I'd say with my 1800 followers, I have a lot more throughput with, you know, the quality of the followers. Like a lot of more people know what I'm about. I'd rather have, you know, two, three, four thousand people that really know what my brand is about, you know, than ten thousand and twenty thousand that kind of just don't really know anything about me. Mm-hmm. Kind of just there to watch and see what you're doing instead of actually yeah. buying product. Yeah, exactly. And and that's another reason why I really have that kind of transparency to whatever I do, because I want everyone to know that, yo, I'm just a regular dude just grinding and showing that kind of you know, that, that back end side of it, it really makes people, you know, they're along for the ride. 
and that really kind of gives that kind of connection with people. That kind yeah, of is a, a marketing tactic. Yeah, and then that is, and that, I would say that is my form of guerrilla marketing, but it's nothing unheard of. It's not, it's not like people don't. I'd say um, the Live Fit guy, uh, Randall Pitch, he he does a lot of stuff similar to that. And sorry, my throat's pretty dry. Um, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I, I tell people, and I'm really honest, like honestly, those Live the Live Fit, um, a lot of those brands, we we're literally the same stuff. We're I promise you the same exact clothes. I just do mine a little different. I have, we don't have, I would say, you know, asterisks on the same clothes because there's certain things for the manufacturer that I do differently that they don't like the drawstrings or something or my logo to where, you know, I, I provide the brand experience with the photography and the website and the other stuff to kind of give it a different, you know, a different vibe than you would see from that other person. And I think that's kind of what makes a brand. It's not, the product itself it's how you market it yeah we'll say like your instagram and everything you've been doing with your photography and everything you give like more of a um it's like a more inside unique look it feels like you're built like somebody's building with you rather than you're just splashing your company out or whatever like i've noticed over the years you know you picked up like the photography stuff the video editing like the aesthetic for lack of a better term you could see that your quality has risen and i think people connect with that a lot too yeah. And, and that's another thing where I know if I want to make it at least somewhat far, just doing it on my own, I have to bring that quality. I, and I see a lot of these times, you know, when I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see these brands and they, they try to do that kind of behind the scenes thing. And it's just kind of the quality isn't there and it kind of just doesn't really make you want to kind of watch it anymore. But when you see, you know, when you see that end the refined end product from mine, you're like, holy shit, I watched them make that. And I'm not going to sit there and, you know, edit an entire picture and have someone watch me do it. But, you know, giving that kind of like inside look on like how the picture was taken, it kind of makes a difference to where, you know, the next time you scroll through my Instagram and you see the picture, you're like, yeah, I remember when he posted it on the story. And I like, it, it brings some sort of uh, emotion to the brand to where, you know, it feels like a, I'd say I, I want to make sure I feel like I'm one of your friends with the, without you even meeting me where, you know, personable. you see I do and it's, yeah, I'm a very personable brand. I've never, you know, everything I do, I'm never, kind of, I'm very transparent too. you know, people that ask me about the brand and they ask me like, Hey, how do you source? I'm like, Hey, you gotta, and I tell people from a clothing man, like, Hey, you gotta look at manufacturers. You gotta look at wholesales. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you gotta get like a business license, get wholesale pricing. And it's all this kind of stuff. To where, you know, I don't lose anything by telling you I'm not giving away, you know, my, my, my KFC spice recipe, right? but I'm not, but I'm still showing you, you know, I'm still, you know, getting you to the water so you could drink from it. You know, you're just showing them where to get the chicken from, not what's going on. The I'm chicken. not going to give you my, my Colonel's secret recipe, <laughs> but, you know, I'll definitely get you those chickens and show you. Yeah. How do you know how much, um product to buy at one time like how do you gauge that because you were talking earlier about (laughs) preparing for seasons in the future so this is one of those things where i uh, said trial and error i used to you know say man you know what i really like that i think people are gonna like that i'm gonna get a full size run get a whole bunch of each size and yeah i'll just kind of sell through them for the season whereas you know i was I was, yes, I was being optimistic, but I got, had to remember I'm not that big of a brand yet. And this was like last summer. So my entire summer stock 
yeah, I kind of, uh, you know, I sold some stuff still, but I kind of, you know, I it forced myself to like, you know, run really tight and not free up stuff for later seasons because I put all my, you know, all my resources until, you know, my summer drops. So now after that, I was very strategic. Now what I did was, you know, instead of releasing everything at once, I released one thing of a, you know, limited size run. If it sells really quick, okay, do, do a big restock on it. That's a, that's a hot item. Some, if I release something else, it doesn't move as fast or it takes a little bit of time. Well, I call them slow burns because, you know, it takes a little while, you know, to build that, uh, the cut, what do you call it? Uh, oh, sorry, I got a message from uh, Zoom, but um, it goes from, you know, trying, you know, putting everything, all eggs in one basket to doing one thing at a time, seeing what works, if it doesn't work, kind of chipping away. And that's where you kind of learn, you got to be patient, you got to kind of get an understanding of what the audience likes. But more importantly, you got to learn how to kind of keep the momentum going with the brand. I'd rather I've learned that I'd rather release, you know, a bunch of things in a long span of time, and kind of just gradually go than dump everything on on everyone at once everyone kind of just gets lost at what i've released because i'm still in that kind of small size to where i have that i could have that concentration on that very one item that i drop and still kind of keep the momentum with the other stuff whereas you know a lot of these bigger brands they do like these giant drops of like you know 50 plus items and they're that big that they could sell up because they're that big mm -hmm. and it, it takes the realization i'm not that big yet i'll get there but in the meantime I'm going to take my time to market the hell out of this one thing, show everyone what exactly I did with it, how I did it, why I did it, and what my intentions are with that product, and give them that kind of, put that effort into releasing that one thing to help it excel and grow. So, you know, every single one thing that I release is going to have more sales to it because I've taken that much more time to put attention into it. Um, that's a good point that you brought up a second ago, though. That's a good point about there's multiple sizes that you have to consider. I think a lot of people are like, Oh, just, you know, you got to design, you sell it, but it's like, I don't know if smalls are my hot sale or extra larges. No. Like, do I order more larges than mediums? Yeah. Do I not order any smalls at all? You know? Oh, and, and yeah. And that's what like, and then you have to factor in, does this thing fit different? That'll make someone need a different size because mm -hmm. you know, in, you know, my t-shirt, someone might be a large, but you know, if they're an extra large and, you know, I, I max out on the largest thinking that it's a large mm -hmm. and then it turns out like, oh shit, everyone bought extra larges. So I sold out of the extra larges super quick, which is what happened with my hoodies. Um, I mean, not, I didn't max out on my large, but I would still always had to restock my XLs just because everyone likes their hoodies to sit a little bit more relaxed. So it's even, even, you know, right now, almost two years in, that's another lesson I learned. Like, Hey, people, you know, like their different items a bit differently. Mm -hmm. It's also crazy because if you sell hoodies at extra large, you're like, wow, I'm selling a lot of extra larges. You would assume that extra large is just a good size, but you're not considering that that particular article of clothing, people just like to upsize it compared to a t-shirt. So yeah. yeah, that's, that's interesting. And and it's one of those things where you don't know until it happens. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what, like, I think that's still what, even years from now, I'm, I'm going to probably look back at this time and be like, man, I thought I know what the hell I was doing then, but I I'm sure I'm going to learn so much more then. Now that I'm going to get into the custom product game, I'm going to have to really, you know, get into really marketing this one product because I'm not going to be able to get, you know, three or four different custom made hoodies. It's going to be this one custom hoodie 
in this one color that I'm going to have to sell a hundred of them because it's usually, you know, a hundred, 150 minimum order quantities. And that's, you know, it's, it's pretty expensive because, you know, even at wholesale pricing, a hundred of something is a lot. Right. Um, before we leave, I don't know what the time situation is going to be, but I do want you to kind of go over like what the checklist is of things that have to be done to even consider like running at full steam with a clothing brand. Like what's, what's step one? Like, what do you do? Like obviously have an idea. Step two, I would assume is you have to get a, uh, LLC made and then maybe like a business license or no LLC. And the only reason I went the LLC route is because I knew in the long term I wanted to set up. I knew, I knew I'm going to be legit with the brand after like a year. And after I saw some momentum, I was like, all right, I need an LLC just because I can be official. But if you're just starting out, unless you get some real momentum, like within the first few months, I wouldn't even worry about it. I wouldn't even worry about it if you're making great money. But for me, when I want to get my logo trademarked and all that, I want to have like an LLC and everything just to kind of, you know, have my case covered. I will say this real fast. Um, I do. After talking to uh, this tax lady that's doing our taxes here, she was talking about mine is acts no structure LLC. And for three years, if you have a startup, you get to write off, I believe, up to $5,000 in research and development. So all of your trial and error, you get to write that off on your personal taxes. So if you are starting, it might be beneficial to get an LLC from the jump so that all your trial and error gets to be written off on your personal taxes. Yeah, and and that's this year is going to be my first CPA tax year. So it should be pretty fun because um, I built like a, I built a whole, so I just moved back in, back into my hometown that I grew up in, but I moved back into my childhood home. And in my childhood home, we have a, uh, like a shop, like a mechanic shop, but I renovated a whole half of it into a photography studio for my brand. So it's really I, dope. Yeah, man. And it's, it, but also kind of spendy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but that's another thing, stepping into tax season, I'm going to have to learn is that that type of stuff, learning how to really distinguish how to split my expenses from my business stuff to not. And, and, you know, this is, you know, doing a podcast besides your equipment, it's not a very, you know, it's not a very uh, uh, money heavy thing. I'd assume unless you get some, you know, really high grade audio equipment, whereas advertisements suck a lot of money. Yeah. That's what you, that's where most of our money ends up going. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm, I'm not there yet with my brand. I know a lot of brands get the paid Instagram advertising and I'm still not, you know, diving too deep into it yet, but it's definitely. Oh, no, no, we mean we pay for the advertisements to advertise us. Oh man. Yeah. So, you know, we pay for promotion and stuff on Instagram just to help get the podcast out there and get some more eyes on it. Oh, definitely. But, and, and it's one of those stuff where looking at all those type of expenses, seeing what, what can I write off? What will I be able to write off? What should I probably not be spending money on? And what is it okay to? It seems it, like you can pretty much write off anything, dude. Like yeah. pencils, anything. Yeah. But, but going back to the brand, like the, I'd say it depends on what you're trying to do with type of clothing brand. Like I said, if you're not going to be doing crazy designs or if you don't, if you're going to be starting out small, you don't need that much. You need probably a grand and that's being over way overbearing, but you spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars on shirts. You're going to spend a couple hundred dollars to get them printed. You're going to need a couple hundred dollars to build the website and all that stuff. And if you want custom mailing bags for the shirts, but 
the number one reason why people start a clothing brand is because it's such a low barrier to entry uh, business. And it's honestly a very, very, very saturated market. It's overly saturated. 25% of clothing brands fail within the first three or four years. And it's, it's, I think it's a growing statistic and it's, it's one of those where I think in this day and age on the social media, I think everyone and their moms has a clothing brand and it's not to knock anyone, but it's true. And I'd say even my, like I said, first starting out, I don't know what the hell I was doing. I'm surprised I made it this far, but now that I have an idea of what I'm doing or where I could go with it, how to do it, I'm setting myself up for a lot better success than what I did, what I was a year ago when I just really didn't have a plan and I kind of just started it to start it. So it, it's definitely learning as you go, but it's definitely stepping into it now. It's getting into making it a really, you know, very well-known brand. Yeah. The, um, the sourcing of like the products and stuff, I think that part is probably like the most interesting to me. It's, and honestly, it comes with time. It, it comes with a lot of research. It gets a lot of, get a lot of samples or you could find the route and get a custom made product and you could always do that, but it really depends on what you're trying to do. There's yeah. brands that don't print shirts. They get custom made stuff all the time. They don't care about their logo. And I think that's where I'm going to step towards getting, you know, a lot of custom made stuff, a lot of kind of unique, you know, unique things that you kind of, you know, have that realm of, you know, it's fitness wear, but it's also kind of just athleisure. And there's market study that's shown that athleisure, athleisure is the widest growing uh, marketing clothing brand right now. I can see that. Yeah, everybody's wearing sweats and yoga pants to the store and yeah, hoodies. Yeah. Nobody well, cares too much about dressing up, especially in the, in a pandemic. Oh, right. It's just with the pandemic, it just, Hey, I was, I was in the right industry doing the right thing with my brand and it, it's definitely growing, but it, it's a different case for different people. Some people like, you know, they, they spend all this money on stuff and they just don't know how to market it. So they send on different, uh, a bunch of merchandise and it's kind of like, well, I just waste a bunch of money, but you know, you can take that, but you need to understand, you know, you gotta be you know, real with yourself saying, what am I not good at? What, what am I really like? What's my problems? And I think that's kind of where, you know, where people grow, where they see successes through their failures. And it sounds cliche. Like I, I hate sounding that cliche. Oh, you, you learn from your failures, but, Dude, it is so true. It's the number one thing I tell people is you fail, 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 mess up, skid your knees, do everything you can, but mess up so you can learn from it. I would love to be the person that doesn't mess up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Oh, for yeah. Sure. But, it, but, you know, when you when you fail, dude, it makes it better when you finally win. Mm -hmm. and, it does. Makes yeah. you appreciate it more. Yeah, and it, it brings me back to, you know, best way to compare to is, I don't know if you guys played Grand Theft Auto in the day of the cheat codes. Hell you know, yeah. Yeah. Stuff in GTA, you're like, hell yeah, you're grinding. But, you know, the second that you enter the cheat codes for all the money, all the weapons, and you're kind of just, you it ruins the fun in the game, and you're just running around, and after a while you get bored with it. You're like, all right, I'm going to do something else now because this game got boring because you made it easy on yourself. And I think... I think people naturally like a challenge. I think people naturally like to kind of push themselves where they kind of just need that path to do it. Man, I stayed in the jet in GTA. Yeah, he's still on GTA. I fucking stayed <laughs> in the fucking jet, bro. Um, shit. I mean, you got any more questions? I mean, yeah, I, I definitely want to talk to you after this, like to talk about the sourcing and stuff a lot, like a lot more in depth, because I think that 
that'd be obviously beneficial to what me and Zach are trying to do right now. So that'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, just that? uh well since you know, I don't know how much time we have left, but uh That's if you wanna just yeah. If you wanna just kind of like talk about do you have any upcoming projects or upcoming releases that you're planning here in the next couple of weeks or I wanna say I do, but it's at the same time what I like to do is kind of give that back end experience. So what, mm-hmm. what I do and what I've recently been doing because of, you know, how, not how long, but, you know, the time I am doing it is I'm going to be taking a, a look back at the things I released before, like some of my summer stuff and kind of in a way fix what I should have done the first time. Interesting. And I'm kind of give it a fret. Remaster. Yeah, yeah, remix it. Remaster the remix. And mm-hmm. it, it's definitely like, it's, I've never felt there's anything wrong with my products. It's how I've marketed it and what I've done to kind of polish it and, just like my photography, I'm going to go back, refresh it, give it a better look, do different things. And and I think that's the biggest thing where you have to be okay with understanding, like, you don't always have to, you know, release new things because, you know, that's how it was this year. I'm like, man, I just got to release new stuff. And I'm like, no, dude, it, it's okay to kind of go back to, you know, old stuff and be like, this is what I should have done. Here it is. Here's the new stuff that I should have done to kind of release it in the right way. And it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be uh, some new stuff. I'm gonna have something that I'm really stoked about these uh, these guys training shorts. I kind of did some testing on it. And I showed people, you know, there are these camo shorts with like this white lining, this white inner lining, kind of like uh, just some you know training shorts. Right. Um, but you know, I put it on my story, and I had like three or four guys like, "Yo, dude, let me get a pair of those. Like, I'll get two of them." And and it's doing stuff like that, doing little teasers, but some something like that I'm so for, but I'm going to be uh, releasing some older stuff from um, what I released last summer that I'm really stoked to release. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to, it's going to have a fresh look on it. I'm going to have some, uh, a guy that I connected with that he actually does work for a lot of other bigger fitness brands. And he's gotcha. like, dude, like your vibe, it just goes with these brands. Like let's do some work. I'm like, yeah, man. And it's, so- it came at the right time because in my head, I thought, I can't be making these videos anymore. I can't be doing, I, I could, I still have time to do the photography because of photography I have down to a cinch, but dude, videos, right. they're a lot of work, man. There's a lot of polishing that goes into those videos that, you know, for what I, what I, I'm going to pay for it. I feel I'm getting a steal, but it, it's definitely you, you do it and you understand, you learn to appreciate it. And I, I'm going to be proud to say like this, this brand is going to be looking you know, if it isn't already like a legit, like a legit brand that people are going to say, yeah, man, that's a, that's just that one dude's brand that, you know, they always reference me like, yeah, that's my homie's brand, but it's, it's going to be one of those things where it's going to set a name for itself. And I, and I could confidently say that. Do you pay for models for your clothing? No, I'm well in a way. Yes. Like I usually, when they model for my brand, I just, whatever they're wearing, I hook them up with. And that's kind of my, my pay, my paid modeling. And that's, because they understand I'm still starting out. I don't have, you know, that big of a kind of, uh, I don't have that big of a reach as far as, you know, paying for that. But are these people that, you know, honestly, the, the, my network here of the fitness group here is pretty locked down. Like I pretty much know all the people here that are in the fitness in my local area. I've been meaning to connect with a bunch of bodybuilders in, in the Seattle area, but you know, it's making the time to, to drive three and a half hours to set right. at that time. And it's kind of getting to that where, you know, I have a kid on the way to where I'm going to have to learn to give and take with some of the stuff, which is why I'm going to connect with the other guy that does a fitness brand. And 
because he's a fitness brand that does brands similar to mine, the models are going to be there. It's it's going to have its own system set up to where I don't the have net, to. The network there. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to say um, in your models, uh, one of the girls, uh, Lorena, I knew her from from college. That was so random seeing her pop up on your thing. It's such a small world. Like, then kind of just comes full circle. <laughs> Dude, you went to uh, college with my cousin Gonzalo too, Nunez. Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, and I'm telling you, like, it's it's crazy, but it's a small world, man. And it's and I, it's so crazy. You meet connections out of the randomest times, and that's what you realize. It's just really like as big of a world as it is. It's really not, man. It's true. Sure. You could you just make connections everywhere. Cool. Yeah. So do you want to uh, just plug your stuff and uh, we'll wrap this up? Give us like the, the Instagram handle and website and wh- wherever we can find everything. All right, man. So you check us out. The Instagram is urban aesthetics underscore official. I know that's pretty wrong, long, but um, it's just urban and A-E-S-T-H-I-C-S underscore official. Um, the website is actually urban aestheticscc.com. It's a link to it on right there on the Instagram. So you don't have to worry about typing that in. Um, if you guys follow it, I always follow, try and follow back, follow me on my personal page. I'm a super easygoing guy. I'm usually just posting me, my girlfriend or my dog, just random stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you guys ever need help with anything, I'm super transparent. I'm always, I'm that guy that, you, you know, shoot me a million questions. I'll give you a million answers back because I'm here to help. That's what's up. True, I know. Well, you can check us out on the podcast every Monday, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, uh, as well as YouTube. Uh, the Instagram handle is uh, No Structure Podcast, and the No Structure Podcast.com is the official website. I do want to thank you for coming on. I know you've been super busy with work and with the brand and with the baby on the way. So I really appreciate it. and building the shit, the, the workspace in the backyard. You've been, been hustling out here, but it's, it's really dope to see, man. I'm really, really happy for you. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. And it's it's a lot of work, but once when you're passionate about something, dude, it doesn't seem like work. Like it just, you know, you see that end goal, and you, you go for it, man. I get all the sleep that you can get right now, man. That baby ain't gonna let you sleep, bro. I know. <laughs> says, man. I got a nine month old right now. She is not letting us sleep still. So I mean, she's getting better, but it's rough at first. It's the uh, yeah, man. That's I've been prepping with all yeah. you. Know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.